thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome back to The Real. Today on the show we chat with Lauren Hayes, podcaster over at Mind Over Movement and head of Moxie Group, Australia's number one mindset coaches for women. Let's learn from Lauren's musings today. Hi Lauren and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Great to have you on the show. But before we dive in um, and share the different ventures that you're involved with, could you share with us your story and how you got to be involved in health and wellness? Oh, it's a long one. We might use that entire podcast. But (laughs) as far as the wellness couch goes, um, about three years ago, I started Moxie Group. And it's a mindset coaching business for women because I started to realize that in the corporate world where I existed, so often it was women getting in their own way, whether it was health, whether it was wellness, whether it was promotions, whatever it was. And I started to see really clear links between the women who put themselves first and were succeeding not only in their life but their health and the women that were constantly putting themselves second, third or even fourth to their career and their family and things like that. So I finished uni and started at Accenture, which is one of the largest IT consulting firms in the world and I put on about 20 kilos because I worked till about 3am and I ate a lot of chocolate bars to try and stay awake and when I decided to quit that job is probably when my health and wellness journey started because I just thought, man, I was so incredibly unhappy and I was eating terrible foods and I was feeling the repercussions of that. And I think one of the challenges in our society is so few people know what feeling good feels like. So then when I started Moxie, it has three pillars, health, wealth, and happiness. And I constantly share the message that you've got to know what feel good feels like for you so that you can build that into your life. Because when you're taking control of your health and your happiness, everything else will follow. So about A year and a half ago, Dave and I spoke on the same stage at a wellness presentation and we bonded really well over our uh, no-holds-barred, I suppose, approach to health. And then he had actually been featured on the wellness couch in their second or third episode. So he said to Marcus Pierce, how about it? We put an um, exercise-focused podcast on your wellness couch and bring the girl in to talk about brains all the time. So that's basically how we ended up here. Very cool. So that's Mind Over Movement and your tagline Mm. is a podcast dedicating to increasing the health IQ of the nation and beyond. So let's chat a little bit more about your podcast. Um, Who's been your favourite guest? You. No, I actually, I'm not going to lie, you were fantastic because I'm a brain nerd. I love the intelligence that you brought to the podcast and I was actually asking questions because I was interested, not just trying to prod out information, which sometimes happens. And Lawrence Tham, also an amazing podcast 
around mindset, which is obviously my bag. And then my favorite reoccurring one would have to be Bobby Maximus. So Bobby Maximus is a head trainer at Jim Jones, which is the gym that did the training for all the guys in 300. And he has the Bible or the Church of Bobby Maximus and he's constantly putting out posts about how important mindset is and how until you train the muscle between your ears, you're never going to get any other muscles in your body. And he's the most beautiful man to have on because he's a humongous human. He's just a giant man, but he also cares so incredibly much. And he has an absolute focus on perfection in everything that he does, but he's willing to get to 80%. So as a person that comes onto the podcast, he always has such an interesting story to tell about how his gym is set up to help people suffer and grow through that suffering and really focus on the hard work that is required to get amazing results. And he doesn't try and sugarcoat it. He doesn't try and make people think that this is a simple journey. He's like, if you want it, you want it bad enough, you'll do the work. This is how you do the work. And that to me is really refreshing because in today's society, we have such a microwave attention span. I mean, yelling at microwaves to heat our food faster when it tells you how long it's going to take, you know? Yeah, very true. So could you describe for us what you think or how would you define uh, what a mindset coach is and who would benefit? Everyone would benefit from a mindset coach. Uh, Mindset to me is the layers of our brain moulded together to create who we are. So I believe the, the human brain has four layers. The base layer is our code or the rules that we set about our world. So someone might say eating healthy is expensive or... To be healthy, it takes hard work. Now, those are rules that they have about their life. They actually aren't necessarily true, but to them, it is true. And then on top of that, you have your belief systems. So that's what you believe about who you are and how you relate to the world around you. Now, you might have a belief that you're not healthy or you're just big boned or you just aren't focused enough to get the results. And because you have these belief systems, it creates an unhealthy cycle. Whereas if you have a belief system that you're healthy and you're willing to learn whatever you need to learn, you're going to be much more proactive. And then on top of that, you have your values. So what you value in your life, what's important to you. And if health is not up there in the values, then you're not going to do it. If comfort or routine or anything else is higher, you're going to stay in bed or not do what you're supposed to do because it's easier to be comfortable. And then the last layer is your identity. And this is how you identify yourself. And you can hear this when you talk to people about who you are or you respond to someone in regards to something that they're doing. So you might go, oh, I'm a really healthy person. Fantastic. Or I'm just really lazy. They're just identities. None of them are real. It's just where you've become comfortable and where you sit within your ego. So that to me is a mindset. So when you align all of those four things, you're going to reach your goals. Until you align those things, you're going to struggle and it's going to be really frustrating because you're going to be wanting to do all the things. You know what to do and you just can't friggin' do them. And until you get all those four aligned, it's going to be like that. So the point of a mindset coach is to pick apart all those four levels and understand where you're putting those roadblocks for yourself and then help you to remove those. 
And that is not an easy process because 80,000 thoughts are had a day, 80% of those have had before or will happen again. So our brain is a huge traffic area. And if you think about the same thought, like I'm lazy going through your brain 100,000 times, that is a big default to change. So how do we change it? The first step is awareness, which is a really powerful thing that a coach brings because we get so stuck in our life and the way we think we actually don't even recognise we're doing it. A really big one is I'm tired. You'd probably see that a lot in your industry. I would, Steph, but I'm just so tired when I come home from work. I don't have the time and all of these stories that people tell you. So becoming aware of that is really important. And the way that a coach normally does that is they ask you a lot of questions until you start to see that you're just stumbling for the fun of it. And then it's about setting up strategies that are going to work for you to change and then holding you account. So changing a mindset or a belief system is simply recognising that that highway in your brain exists and then every time you start to drive down that highway, you stop. You go, all right, so previously I believed that I was lazy. Now I believe that I'm willing to put in five minutes. And the more you say that and the more you do that to give yourself evidence that that is true for you, that highway that previously existed in your brain starts to decay and a new neural pattern or a new neural highway will start to develop in your brain, which then allows you to find evidence that that is real. Because to me, Steph, oh my goodness, I'm getting so nerdy. (laughs) There's a thing in your brain called the reticular activating system and that goes out into the world to find the information that is interesting or familiar or dangerous to you, right? So this reticular activating system goes into your brain and finds all your belief systems and all those neural highways and it creates your world around you. Like if you believe that all rich people are jerks, you'll start seeing all the news articles about rich jerks and you'll see the people in the Ferraris cutting off the people in the Corollas and all of a sudden your whole world will be created like this. If you believe that eating healthy is expensive, you'll walk past shops that have burgers for $4 and kale bowls for 12 right, and you'll notice that. If you change your belief systems, if you change what you're looking for, you'll start to notice those things in your environment which is probably easiest explained when you buy a new car and you start to see that car everywhere. So simply changing your belief systems means you'll start noticing different things in your environment, which will create different rules and you'll start to get different results immediately. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. So awareness is the first step. Yep. And you Like Alcoholics Anonymous. (laughs) And as a coach, you would obviously help highlight that to someone who's come to you for support. Yeah. Um, and then what would be the next step? So creating that new pattern. So choosing something that's real to you. Now, the woman's I work with women specifically because women's brains are the most fascinating and terrifying things on earth. <laughs> but our biggest fear is that we're not good enough and our second biggest fear is that we'll be found out to be a fraud. Now, when you look at those two fears, whenever you want to do something new, it's terrifying, right? And this is even true in my life. I'm definitely not perfect in any way, shape or form. I don't exercise in front of my husband because I'm like, I don't need him to see that. That's weird. It's not weird, Lauren, but that's a belief system that I have, right? So identifying those belief systems 
you can then choose something that you can replace it with. So, for example, that I'm not good enough, you could replace that with I'm willing to try. You can't go from I'm not good enough to I'm freaking amazing because that's too far. Your brain can't consolidate that and you won't believe it. So it has to be believable. And this is that step change process rather than, you know, trying to change everything in your life at once and getting super overwhelmed. So if you, let's look at a really prevalent example for what you do. Someone says, I don't know how to cook. And that's a belief system that they have. They might then change that and replace it with, I'm willing to follow a recipe or I can follow a recipe. They can't go, I'm an amazing cook. They're never going to believe that. Their brain is not going to be able to find that information in their environment because it's too hard. But if they then start to go, I'm willing to follow one of Steph's delicious recipes, then they can find evidence that that is true because they'll make something like a chia seed pudding and you really can't burn that. You can put the wrong amount of things in, but you can't burn it and it is going to be delicious. So by finding things that you can replace it with and you know that you can succeed, you'll start to change the patterns in your brain. Yeah, and I think the step change approach is so important because whether it is nutrition or mindset or movement, you know, it needs to be an evolution so it's a sustainable behaviour and I think that's really important because we, I think there are people that, you know, have this belief system or this approach which comes from their thoughts um, but there's perhaps not so much ownership over that. Oh, no, and people are so unaware. Mm. And, I mean, success is not something that is easy you know, there's simple and there's easy. It's not. It's neither of those things until it becomes a habit. And the amount of conversations I have with people who go, oh, I'm too tired, I can't be bothered, all of these things is quite incredible. But when you look at the reason we do things, most of the time we're only motivated by pain. So we're normally motivated by pain or pleasure. So the drive towards pleasure or the drive away from pain. Now, high-performance individuals like yourself are driven towards pleasure, so success or healthy or anything that you want in your life, you will move towards that. The average human, not Steph level, is driven away from pain. So that will be your client that comes to you after they've been diagnosed with diabetes, for example, because having diabetes is more scary than doing the exercise or eating healthy, Mm. right? So if the average person is driven by moving away from pain, it's because we are genetically designed to be lazy because hundreds of years ago we definitely had to care about whether we'd freeze. So our body wanted to store as much energy as it could in fat so that we were safe. So we didn't want to burn that fat because we might need it over winter, right? Unfortunately, we've developed in such a way that our society and our environment no longer requires us to worry about that, but our genetics have not improved or evolved as quickly as our environment. So most of us are designed to move away from pain and absolutely be lazy in every way, shape or form so that we can retain our energy in case of emergency. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it from an evolutionary perspective, I think. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of changes in the world, but we can still always fall back on those 
those mechanisms to conserve energy or to make excuses and we again don't acknowledge how much our mind has a role in those decisions that we make so automatically yeah well as human beings we're all driven by ego and when i say ego i mean the need to look good and be right so if you look at our belief systems we create our environment to tell us we're right so if we think we're lazy or eating healthy is too hard we'll find all the evidence to prove us right similarly blaming other people in our environment seems to be the easiest way to go because then we are faultless and we are right Mm. but the thing is when you're blaming other people or your environment you have no control Steph like if every time you're late it's because the bus was late you can't make that bus drive faster You can't. You're not in control of the bus. So instead of blaming your environment, catch the earlier bus. You know, if you know you're likely to be three minutes late because that bus driver is tardy, catch the earlier bus. You might lose half an hour of sleep, but at least you have control and you can choose what to do. Similarly, if you're in a family and no one else wants to eat healthy, but you really want to eat healthy, but, you know, it's too hard, you're blaming the other people. In your family, if you take ownership and say, I choose to be healthy for me and I'll cook them whatever they want, then you have the control back. As soon as you give the control to someone else, you're doomed. And that's a dangerous thing, but that's so common in our society. And look at where it is real for you and all the listeners, where you're giving other people control of your life, your happiness, your health, your wealth. All of these things are controlled by you if you're willing to take accountability and it might hurt, you know, oops, I put on 10 kilos because I wasn't paying attention. That's on me. Now I get to make a different choice or, hmm, I've been in a job that I've hated for 10 years, but I've let them treat me poorly. So now I can make the choice to change that, either expect them to treat me better or find a new job. There is no way in our life we're required to be unhappy or unhealthy or unwealthy. We have a choice every single day, but not all people want to acknowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. So on your um, website, on the Moxie Group website, you've got a little bit of a blog going on over there and there's some interesting topics I thought we would just touch on lightly. One of the topics that you've written about is jealousy and how to get over feeling jealous. I wanted to get your thoughts on that with regards to mindset and some strategies for our listeners particularly if it's that sort of constant comparison from say a performance point of view or a body composition point of view and what we can do to make some changes there oh that is such a good topic Steph and I can't really remember what I wrote in that one so this is going to be interesting (laughs) to see what I come off with the cuff Um, The first thing for me is we have this incredible ability to think everyone else is nailing life and we're absolutely sucking at it. And I don't know if social media is to blame, but even before social media, in the 1800s, this was happening. So it's because what we do naturally, we think is easy, right? Like if you're amazing at nutrition, you just think it's normal that people know how to activate nuts and do all the incredible things you do. I don't know what to do and I probably will never know the amount of information you do because it's not my natural genius and it's not something that naturally I'm inclined to do so I really love the brain I could sit and read about that stuff 
days and days on end and you wouldn't be able to talk to me because I'd be so interested. But I think that's normal. So the first thing to do is recognise what you do naturally is actually awesome to other people. And a lot of people go, oh, no, but it's so easy. I don't care if you think it's easy. I do care that you recognise that for someone else, that is unbelievable. Like I have friends that run a business and have four children and they think that's just normal. I think that is unbelievable. I struggle to dress myself in the morning, let alone four children. So to get over jealousy, the first thing to do is realise that you yourself are pretty incredible and give yourself credit for what you do naturally. The second thing that I would think around getting over jealousy is to change your mindset where you look at them and think negative thoughts and actually look at them and think positive thoughts. So this for me was a really big thing around money um, but also around body composition because I did suffer with bulimia when I was a teen um, and it was less about you know thinking I had a mental issue and more about the science of it's the easiest way to get rid of calories and lose weight, which is absolutely a mental thing. But for me at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing calculations. This is simple. So you, you look at people who are healthy or you look at people who are wealthy and you, instead of going bitch or whatever your default response is, you know, you see these, um, like Jenna Joros has the most amazing abs I've ever seen. Instead of saying, oh, well, she obviously doesn't drink alcohol or something that puts her down because you like drinking alcohol, Instead of that, go, wow, look at the dedication that that takes. How can I get those results? First of all, do I want those results? And then how can I leverage that person's knowledge to get those results? Now, there are times you will not be able to get those results because your body might be a different shape. Your bone structure is a different shape. There are just some things that you're not going to be able to do. I will never have beautiful round hips because I have huge quads. And I look at those gorgeous Latino women that are just like hourglass stunning women. I could, you know, unless I got surgery to pat out the side of my bottom, I'm never going to look like that. So there is a reality there that has to exist. But changing your mindset from looking negatively at those things and instead taking a learning mindset is a really good way to get over jealousy. So they're the two big things. I mean, there's many other strategies that you could use, but those two simple shifts are really, really big for me. What, what about you? How do you get over your jealousy? Um, I think you're right. I think it's certainly retraining your brain. We've all got those automatic default responses that is a thought that, you know, basically we have no idea where it comes from. But I think the, the real point is that if it's something that you choose to think all the time, it obviously is your default for a reason. So by simply selecting a different thought or perhaps there's like a bit of a mantra or a quote that you use in the interim, you obviously retrain that new neural pathway so you have a different response, which also has a very different physiological reaction. I mean, if you're always saying something negative or putting someone down or feeling jealous about their results, it will obviously have quite the detrimental effect on you, not them. Absolutely. I mean... One of my blogs is all about cellular structure and in each cell we have negative and positive receptors, right? So 
the more we're surrounded by negativity, which is the jealousy and all of that other space, the more negative re receptors we develop because your cells have to be able to process the energy that you're around. Now, if you produce 50% more negative receptors and your cell splits in half, each of your cells are then compounding to make you this little negative energy ball, right? And then you're going to attract that negative energy because if you're surrounded by positive energy, you start to feel uncomfortable. And you'll see this in people. They'll pick fights when things are going all, all going well. Like there's no reason to have a fight, but because they're used to negative drama energy, they have to create that because otherwise their cells are starving and they feel uncomfortable. So these things are just really conscious choices that you have to make and you have to be willing to do the work of replacing that trigger response because those things are codes and belief systems that are coming through based on your experiences as a child through to adulthood. So your mum, if she had an issue with her body image, since the day you came out of her womb, you've been influenced by this negative talk around either how she looked or how the people she saw looked, right? So that trigger response can be so deeply ingrained from decades and decades of listening or seeing behaviour. Now, for you to choose to change that is incredibly powerful, but you have to be willing to commit to consciously making that decision every single time. And you are going to slip up and you are going to have foul days. And I tell all of my clients, you're allowed to sit in your filth, but you have to give yourself a time limit. Because when you give yourself a time limit, you get really bored of being in your filth and you want to get out. When you don't have a time limit, it's just wallowing fun times. And it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So over at Moxie Group, you've also got a little video series that I'd love you to share with us. I'm so excited. I love this video series. Uh, it's four videos and we go through your purpose, so why you exist on the planet Earth. Now, a lot of people never figure this out, Steph, and that is terrifying to me. I have a lot of clients come to me in their 50s and even 60s and they've just gone through the motions, right? of health, of business, of parenthood, whatever it is that their experience brings to their life. But unless you have a purpose, you're never going to take the chances, put yourself at risk, um, step outside of your ego to get different results. So with health, with diet, with anything, you have to have a big reason or a why. So the purpose module goes through six step process of how to define your purpose so it's not just sitting there going hmm what's my purpose which a lot of coaches do and I hate that um the second video is all about values so understanding the values you have now and why you're getting the results that you're getting and then whether you want to change your values to get different results and I go through the process of how to change your values and how to embed those values so that you get the results that you want consistently and that becomes that habit because I'm sure you talk a lot about, you know, changes aren't fun, but then they become normal. And the willingness to put the work in to make it normal is a values-driven approach. And then video three, we go through your belief systems and your fears and why you think the way you do and how to change that. And the whole process we talked about today about retraining your brain and understanding the neural patterns and how it all affects you on a day-to-day -day basis. And then the last video we talk about emotions and the little nasties that come with having lots of emotions and how it affects your cells and 
the structure of your brain and things like that because emotions actually have the same impact on your brain as opiates, which is terrifying. So they become really addictive. And you can see this in people around you who are just addicted to being an emotional person, highs, lows, whatever's going on. So we go through that and how it's affecting your life and whether you're choosing to change it or not. So all of those principles are absolutely core to becoming the woman or, you know, the man wants to download it, wonderful, welcome, um, that you want to be. And until you're willing to work through it, you're going to get the same results that you've always got in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So where can we direct our listeners to find out more about Moxie Group and check out the video series? Uh, moxiegroup.com.au is a website. It's not a grand website, I'm not going to lie. I would hit up Facebook, which is just Moxie Group, M-O-X-X-I Group, spelt with a double X because that's the female chromosome and Moxie means to be courageous or have courage. So the word itself means women with courage. I was pretty proud of that one. And the three-part video series is on there, but I also send you a link, Steph, if you want to put it in the show notes and they can grab that anytime they want. Amazing. Sounds fantastic. We certainly will. So check out the show notes team for more information about Lauren. It's been fantastic to hear your musings today and um, (laughs) I will chat to you again very soon. Sounds wonderful, Steph. Have a great day. Thank you. Yay. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.